red clover tea. It's um, it's pretty mild. It's it's pretty. <laughs> you you match your tea. That's that's the point. I wanted to coordinate inside <laughs> and out. <laughs> your soul is purple too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's just a clover kind of Monday. Yeah. It's really overcast and cloudy. So it's kind of like the perfect day to, to make just a, like a <laughs> pot of, of tea. Good. That the hacking you hear in the background is my 16, 16 year old dog who likes to pick choice moments to uh, clear his throat. <laughs> <laughs> smoker's cough he he quit a couple of years ago and it's you know it, it still lingers oh man that's too funny <laughs> <sighs> so how is uh how is life how are things life is a hot mess but like it's it's good it's like splatter paint like you've no idea what you're doing you have no idea like if everything's gonna come out okay and then at the end you look at it you're like none of this felt intentional but it looks like it was meant to look this way but I feel like I'm accidentally making things look really cool but (laughs) like I'm a poser it's (laughs) it's not real (laughs) you make it look good though it's like bedhead. My life is like bedhead right now. It's not <laughs> supposed to look good. It's not supposed to be fashionable or, or cool or whatever, but you know, thankfully culture right now is being forgiving towards, towards me. So. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I'm all about that. Phone, phone. Um, and, and you're popular. Um, yes. I mean, obvi. <laughs> um tell me about you how's life everything's you know it's it does feel like there's this kind of uh crunch of of things happening right now I mean I think everybody's been moving so quickly I also feel like everybody's going through just different transitions in their life and trying to figure out how to manage their transitions and I think some of this is also you know, when you go through retrograde, Mercury retrograde, there's also this period of time where you're revisiting things Mm -hmm. and checking them out and going, did I make the right decision? Did I make the right choice? Could I have done this differently? And then there's that lamenting. And yeah, so there's that sort of shadow that comes at the end of Mercury retrograde. And I think we're, we're just kind of at the tail end of that, I think coming out of it. So yeah, I know like with retrograde cycles, as soon as they're over, so the, the last day of retrograde is often the hardest because right. it's when the planet is moving, it's just at a stop. It's mm-hmm. not moving at all, even though we know it's technically moving forward, but that that movement, there's no momentum behind it really from our perspective in on earth. So it's, it's tough. It takes three or four days after, after that to really feel like things are, are moving forward. And then that momentum 
picks up way more a few weeks after, you know, and then also like it's spring, it's a new season now. So whenever the season changes, spring forward. Yeah. Spring equinox, spring forward. And you're like, no, I'm tired. I'm too, I'm feeling sluggish. I don't, I don't want (laughs) to, but I think with, with the energy of like the cycles we're used to going through every year, right? This is, this is a time for change for sure. And then also you layer on top of that, how much more information we're getting. I mean, compared to like 20 years ago, we weren't inundated with this much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apparently Aries agrees. (laughs) Yeah. You tell him, mom. (laughs) He was, he was going, woo. Um, yes, but I believe that sometimes it feels like things are getting worse, but I think what might be happening is we're, we're being forced to listen more. Like everything that's, that's happening has kind of always been happening, Mm -hmm. but now we're paying more attention as a planet, as, as a society. And we don't like it. it. It sucks. Yeah. Take it back. Take it all back. <laughs> Send it back. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's really a moment to think about what you want to pay attention to because you can't do all the things. And I yeah. think there was this impression we had at the beginning of COVID and lockdown it, where it just felt like time stood still and everything was frozen. That has since passed. I mean, where we're at, I mean, things are moving again for a lot of people. They're Mm -hmm. moving differently. Life is different. It looks different. You can't interact with people the way you used to. Everybody's in a different state of information, whether it's how they feel about COVID uh, restrictions or the vaccinations or any any of those things. By the way, I'm getting my vaccine on Wednesday. (gasps) What? Yeah, girl. Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh my God. You're going to be walking around like Jim Carrey in, um, what's that movie where like he's God. Yes. That's me. But what's the, what's the movie? (laughs) Do you remember the name of that movie? You're going to make me Google. All I know is that it was, I've got the power was playing. I've got the power. Yeah. And he's just, you know, doing all sorts of crazy stuff. That's how, that's how you feel when you get that first shot. Bruce almighty. Yes. That was the Thank one. you, Google. Thank you. Shout out, shout out to Google. Or was it Bing? Did you use Bing? I used Google. Like Bing. <laughs> Sometimes when I want to be a hater, I'll be like, mm, I'm going to go to Bing. Watch me. Bada Bing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Yes. No, I actually got my first vaccine as well. Did you? Yes, I did. Congrats. Thanks. And it was super efficient. And I just remember feeling this immense sense of gratitude Mm. that I'm kind of moving into another, another phase of this, this journey or whatever, whatever the frick this is. (laughs) just like moving, moving out of the, the fear phase and more into the management phase. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, it's nice to feel like 
I've done something to take control. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's how I felt when I got the vaccine. I was like, okay, I've made an effort towards having control in my own life. It's interesting because I think sometimes control is such an illusion, right? We think we can control things. We think we can plan things, you know, it goes Mm. back to that saying, you know, life is what happens when you're making other plans, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, and you, you make these plans with good intent and then they work out sometimes and sometimes they don't. And so sometimes it's hard to know when to move on and when to close that door and, and how to sort of make peace with what didn't work out. And so I think, you know, as we're changing Mm. seasons and moving from winter into spring, people are also changing seasons in their life and moving into different phases. And so how, how do you make peace with the, with the pieces of the past that didn't come together in the way that you hoped? So it's interesting you say this, right? So we're in spring energy. Spring energy is all about growth. It's all about renewal. It's all about the, the blossoming and the, and the planting and the efforts, you know, that go into creating something, something new. And I've been watching this gardening show on Amazon prime. I forget what it's called. This thing was like something like small gardens, big dreams or, or something like that. Anyway, I, you know, I love plants and, and gardening and all of that. But one of the things that they were talking about, which really just I don't know. I I took it in was that in winter you prune plants to create more growth. Hmm. It seems counterintuitive, right? Like, you know how, (laughs) you know how your stylist would always be like, come in to get your hair trimmed. And you're like, why I'm trying to grow it out. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Right. The, the trimming and the pruning and all of that, it's, it's designed to stimulate growth. And sometimes we have to look at our experiences and we have to look at our histories and we have to look at the baggage and the trauma that we're carrying with us. And we have to say, okay, which direction do I want to grow in? Is it maybe time to let some of this stuff go so I can really, so I can really grow like where, you know, it's, I think there's no difference between how plants thrive and how humans thrive we need a lot of the same sorts of things. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think we can look to nature to really see how letting go and forgiveness and resilience and, and strength all have this sort of symbiotic relationship and they all have their own season. Mm-hmm. So what is this spring season bringing for you? Strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> I have a strawberry plant that's finally producing strawberries. It's Those were some lovely photos. Yeah, no, I've like, I am um, pretty obsessed with it. Honestly, that's a good question. I, I think, it, you know, funny going back to the sense of control and productivity. So many of us, have suffered a loss of productivity this last year. Like it feels like a loss. Yeah. It feels like we wanted to grow and we were accelerating. We were, we had all these plans and all this stuff and then everything stopped. 
and got trimmed back, significantly trimmed back. So now we've been in this a year and it's like, okay, maybe where we were headed before isn't where we're headed anymore. Maybe now we're going to grow in a different direction. And I think I'm feeling that way. I feel like the, the things I had in my mind this time last year, you know, I, I saw things sort of charting out in a particular direction. And now I've been forced to examine the things that are really important and my ambitions are changing. My, um, the way I'm wanting to structure my life is changing. The, the things I want to give my attention and time to are changing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I will say like this last year has really made me appreciate um, connection with friends and connection through technology because how could really many of us have gotten through, especially those of us who are working professionals who require, you know, those things to do our jobs from home. How could we have survived without it? But as a result, we would have had had aim (laughs) (laughs) As as a result. I feel like I've had to renegotiate my relationship with technology. Mm. And so before I might have been inclined to like come home and be on my phone all day and, and, you know, be on Facebook and, and all of that. But now I'm, I'm kind of trying to disconnect a little bit from all of that. Like, I'm, and I like it. I, I know, like I thought at first, like, oh, I'm not going to be, it's not cool to, to be like, to disconnect from all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I feel healthier when I'm not on my phone all the time. Yeah. You seem more energized. Yeah. It's good. And then, you know, it's, I think there's a good, there's been a good focus on quality over quantity this past year. Like we really had to focus a lot on, okay, if we are going to leave the house, it's got to be for a good reason. If we are right. going to see a friend, it has to be a good, for a good reason. <laughs> right. You know, like you really have to question, you almost have to evaluate things based on risk, but also based on the quality. Like, what are you going to get? What's the reward for taking mm-hmm. that risk? Is that person worth it? Yeah. That's very interesting. How do you feel about it? Yeah. I mean, obviously I relate to a lot of what you're saying and certainly my life has gone in a very different direction. Everything you're saying. I mean, you want to talk about a severe like left turn that you didn't anticipate. (laughs) About face? (laughs) Yeah. It's like you're going, I I like that analogy of like driving down the road and you're on the highway and you Mm -hmm. think you're destination. And then suddenly you recognize it's almost as if that destination is now closed. It's no longer available to you. And not only is it no longer available to you, you're never going to go there again. And so you, let's just say traffic is so blocked, everything's shut down. You just have to exit off the highway and you go, where the heck am I? Right. I don't even know where I am. Right. a lot of us are probably finding ourselves there where we thought, like you said, we were in the middle of making other plans, planning trips, deciding things, you know, for me, yeah. obviously going through a, a divorce and, yeah. and having this massive change happen in my life that has turned everything inside out. 
but also I think it's given rise to consider using your garden analogy. What, what seeds do I want to plant? A hundred percent. What do I want this to look like? And it really is me tending my garden and making these decisions. And when you've been making those decisions with somebody else, I mean, for me, almost seven years. Yeah. Um, and then now I'm making those decisions on my own. You sometimes wonder, <laughs> am I am I making the best decision? What's the information yeah. I need to know? And so that sense of not having c- complete closure or direction or all the information sometimes comes into play. And it's just... I like that saying, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I really like so that. True. It's so easy to get into this perfectionist mentality. But when you see that perfectionism in so many ways is about trying to control the things that you can't really control anyways, then you can kind of take a step back and say, well, I have a little bit of freedom here to decide. And so for me, yeah. it's taking that step back. It's assessing things. It's you know, sometimes making last minute decisions about how I'm going to spend my day or being really easygoing about my weekend. You know, I slept in on Saturday and that was really nice. I didn't set an alarm clock and I didn't feel guilty about it. You know, and and then I (laughs) laid in bed for an hour. (laughs) That's amazing. That sounds so good. I know. So you slept in on Saturday. I don't remember what that's like because dogs are different from cats. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. But that sounds amazing. Like, and I, I know you to be someone who struggles a bit with not adhering to the schedule, mm-hmm. especially because you're, you're very productive. Like you, you pack a lot into your days and it's because you're so excited about all these different things that you get to do. So what do you feel like you get out of doing, you know, quote unquote, nothing? It's such a good question. A friend of mine that passed away years ago had bought me a book and he knew me really, really well. He bought me this book called How to Be Idle. And I remember when he bought it from me, there was a part of me that almost felt offended by it. <laughs> You're like attacked. What yeah. are you trying to say? <laughs> But I also was like, why do I need to learn this? This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And it's taken me all these years. And I want to say he gave this book to me. I mean, God, I don't even know, Amy. I was, I was maybe like 23, 22 years old. I'm not sure. I was in my early twenties, but I didn't see the value in it. It's taken me all these years Yeah. and getting into my forties to finally say, there is serious value in knowing when to rest. It's, it's kind of like, I, I appreciate that about the seasons. I appreciate that about living in this area in Virginia where I get the four seasons and you see that, yeah, you're not going to have plants growing necessarily all year round. Like you might yeah. in Florida and the, right. and, you know, there's not, there's a seasonality to things and there's yeah. a time for rest. Like in the winter time, it's, really hard sometimes when it's really cold outside or it's snowing and you just want to hibernate. And now of course it's spring and you just want to go outside. And I love these long, beautiful days where I just feel like I just want to go and walk and walk and walk forever and just enjoy every minute of sunshine. It's really hard to be inside on days like that. So I think it's taken me a long time to say, not only is it okay for me to be idle and not plan out every minute of my time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
but it's, it's actually beneficial and it gives me the ability to actually show up in the rest of my life and be highly productive and be efficient and, and be fully present and not burn myself out. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. I think sometimes there's a fear that if we slow down, that we'll lose momentum. And I know (laughs) lots of people feel like spinning plates, you know, they're just rotating, going, 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 going. And, you know, if they stop, then they'll crash. Like it'll all come tumbling down. I certainly feel that way sometimes, like when there are all these things that have to be done, like as soon as I complete one thing, then I have to like snowball into the next thing using the momentum from the first thing. Like the domino effect. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it, Andy will be like, why don't you rest? Why don't you relax? You've done a lot. And I'm like, no, I have to do all the things. I have to do all the things. And I think some of it is kind of how I work through anxiety Mm -hmm. by being really active and just getting a lot of stuff done. Yeah. But then the flip side to to that is then I crash and then I do nothing and Mm -hmm. then I'm a lump and I don't want to do anything. So incorporating a little bit of balance will probably sustain me longer over the longer period of, of time than kind of going through those peaks and valleys of, of quote unquote productivity, because Mm -hmm. who defines what's productive, right? You do. We all define, (laughs) achoo, we all define what's productive for ourselves, right? You know, obviously when you're growing up, you're getting input from, you know, your family, from your peers, from educators and society and whatever, but you eventually get to a point where you can make those decisions for yourself. So you really can operate by, you know, the guidelines that you set forth for yourself Mm-hmm. And be satisfied by that. You just have to know that that option's available to you. We forget, right? We can, we can do whatever we want, right? We can be however we want within the confines of the law. But, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. I think also it's, as an Indian woman, seeing, seeing women not doing anything, always got described as like, oh, they're lazy. We always had these these visuals of women constantly doing everything, cleaning everything, cooking everything, working, being social. Like you have to wear all the hats at all the time, at all times. And it's unfortunate that that was kind of put on us that you have to do something in order to be something in order to be like, you have to have accomplished something in order to be worthy. Right. So we're always chasing after this ultimate idea of worth, right? Because what, why else are we doing all of this stuff? We're doing all this stuff because philosophically speaking, it, it, it is going to give us some sense of worth that we didn't have the day before. We're all chasing after that that thing. But there is a beauty in just being still and just being. 
Mm -hmm. Like, and that being enough, like you can be enough. You don't have to do everything. You could just sit there, be still, breathe (laughs) and still be worthy. Yeah. I think for me, that's why I love meditation. Yeah. It's, it's such a great practice to center me and to remind me that that time is really well invested, even though it may sometimes feel as if, yeah, there's other things I could be doing with that time. Mm -hmm. But I find that having that meditation practice is what really, it creates that space in my day. Definitely. And in some ways, I think that was the precursor for being idle because Mm -hmm. you're really doing nothing other than managing your thoughts for that period of time and teaching and training your mind to select thoughts. Like it selects food on a buffet. Hey, you like food. Let's talk food, (laughs) but, but it's going, yeah, Mm -hmm. this, this, this item is nutritious. This one, not so much. That one gives gives me gas. (laughs) (laughs) You're like speaking directly to me. I feel like I know Um, I'm speaking to your animal (laughs) spirit. (laughs) So I actually think meditation goes beyond just what you were saying. I actually think meditation, although it is presented as something that is a passive activity, I actually think that, and this is okay. This is the part where we get into the woo woo stuff. You've been warned. (laughs) Woo-woo is coming. Um, I actually think that meditation is like you plugging into the sort of universal energy pipeline. Mm -hmm. And you are, I believe in shared consciousness. I believe in like when, when you are thinking certain thoughts, you're putting that energy into the world, you're contributing more into that pot. So when you meditate and you're actively clearing your mind and you're just observing, you are doing the same thing for the energetic, for the universal energetic spirit. You know, you are clearing, you're sorting, you're observing, and you're adding a sense of stillness and calm. And people pick people will pick up on it. They'll feel it. Like it's the same way that when, when you are thinking about something or thinking about someone Mm -hmm. and then you hear from them. Yeah. Happens all the time. It happens to everyone. It happens all the time. There is a shared connectiveness that you can access when you, when you meditate. And if you, even if you are only able to sustain it for 10 seconds, that's maybe all you needed to do that day. Maybe it doesn't have to be an hour. Maybe it doesn't have to be 10 minutes. Maybe whatever you could do that day was exactly what you were supposed to contribute to that sort of universal collective spirit. Yeah. I'm imagining like the iPhone plug. (laughs) It's the matrix. It's like a spiritual matrix. It is. (laughs) It is. Because I think there's these moments where it is this moment where you recognize it's not just me and you can refuel the canister and you can plug into this more abundant supply and, and feel different things. I mean, even when I do, I do these breathing exercises as well in the morning. And when I do those breathing exercises, it, it really does feel almost like 
I've expanded. Yes. Like I had this container and now I've expanded beyond that. And then my capacity, whether it's the doing or the being, I'm, I'm just able to handle so much more. (laughs) And certainly there's reality to getting older and having, (laughs) having, uh, you know, certain little things that bother our bodies and don't quite work the way that we want them to. And so having those techniques, those things that we can turn to and have a source that we can plug into and restore ourselves. So helpful. I think it, when you were talking about the expanding, I think it's kind of like when you do those activities, it expands your sphere of positive influence, like that bubble of energy where you know, sometimes you'll walk past a stranger and like either you'll, you'll feel like better or worse. Sometimes if you really pay attention to like how you physically feel in your body, being near certain, certain individuals that you don't know, you may notice that you feel more drawn to one versus the other, or you may find you feel more concerned, or you may be prompted to ask someone a particular question that you really have no other reason to ask them. I think that is like the sphere of influence that people radiate Mm-hmm. off of them. So, you know, if, if you, if you're doing those activities, like, and let's say you live in an apartment, maybe your sphere of influence kind of encompasses some of their apartment and then they feel that. And then that, the domino effect kind of continues. It's like what happens when you smile at someone, mm-hmm. Like the unsolicited smile I'm talking about, not the one where they're like, why aren't you smiling? Maybe you should smile. You'd look pretty if you smile. So annoying. God. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, that's our next, next podcast. But you know, when you smile at someone just because like you make eye contact with them and yeah. maybe you're in a good mood and you smile at them and then they start questioning like that person just smiled at me. That was actually, that was really nice. And it was that fast. I was testing it out on a hike this weekend and just passing by people and saying, it's a beautiful day. And what's amazing is you can just totally shuffle past people on a hike and kind of get out of my way because it's COVID, you know, and you kind of, you know, in some cases, places, the trails a little more narrow. But when you just say, you know, and it was a beautiful day and just saying, hey, it's a beautiful day. Almost everybody just immediately perks up. They're much more friendly. They're like, oh, yes, it's gorgeous. What a great day to be out here. It does shift the mood. I mean, instantly, instantly. It's the power of suggestion. If someone poses it to you, you have no choice but to take it in, evaluate it and come to a conclusion. You know, and then I think it really introduces the idea of metacognition, like Mm -hmm. thinking about your thinking. This is what meditation is. It is thinking about your thinking. Metacognition is the biggest factor in identifying your, your sort of implicit bias, Mm -hmm. your like, let's just talk about racism for a second. Most people don't know really what they're racist about and they don't really know where it came from, but Mm -hmm. everybody has implicit bias in them. And we're not taught at young ages, most of us anyway, aren't taught to think about how we think. 
Mm-hmm. We're not taught to be critical thinkers. We're not taught to observe our thinking patterns unless we've been introduced to uh, meditation or meditation practices. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're sort of taught this is good. That's bad. Yeah. The, it's, it's spoon fed to you. You're not really allowed to kind of just look at it and observe and not draw a conclusion. Mm-hmm. So I think even the process of like going through your whole day and asking yourself, like re- revisiting interactions you've had with people and conversations and, and questioning like, okay, why did I show up that way? Why did I, why did I answer this way? What was I thinking when I said that? How was I feeling when I said that? You learn a lot about, you learn a lot about yourself and even that can be a meditative practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think metacognition is one of the most important tools for self-awareness and self-improvement that there is. Um, because when you total, when you, when you really get that all of your thoughts are optional, you know, yeah. that you don't have to continue with that thought that you I can love that it. your thoughts are optional, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> You know, and it just changes everything because you, you don't see it the same way. So even for me, deciding that it, I can give myself permission to be idle, to actually sit and relax or sleep in or give myself permission to lay in the bed for 30 minutes or whatever and take my time getting up. I had a belief that I had to be moving at all times, that I had to validate my existence through produced results for so long in my life, like you were talking about that now it's not that I don't feel like I need to be productive or efficient or effective. I I still believe that all those things are important, but I'm doing them with purpose. I'm not doing Mm -hmm. it blindly without thinking, without processing. I'm trying to choose, okay, is this a good use of my time? Is worrying about this other thing, a good use of my time and energy, or could I put this in something else? And so it's, you know, sometimes taking that space and time to rest can help restore me enough to make better decisions. It's that metacognition of going, let me think about how I'm doing and check in with myself. Yeah. You know, how am I feeling? And and I was thinking about the fact that it was the first day, you know, it's, it's spring. Mm-hmm. How am I feeling on the first day of spring? What are some of the things on my mind? Sure. Um, and, and it's nice to be able to give yourself that gift of time to make those hopefully better and more informed decisions. Right. Yeah. It's a process and it's not a perfect process. And you can aspire to include a lot of these practices in your day to day. And certainly you can, you know, if you're a really disciplined person, you can create a schedule and plan it all out. But I think what's more important is that you recognize which tools you need during different points of your day or your life. And then you just use them at those times. You know, like if you recognize like, okay, I'm having a lot of anxiety about how many emails I have in my inbox and I'm never going to get all this work done. And I should have worked out this morning, but I didn't wake up in time or I was tired and I didn't 
prepare a good lunch and, you know, that's going to set me back on my food goals for the day, or I didn't drink all the water I was supposed to drink today. Like you have almost like this overwhelming list of healthy things you're supposed to incorporate in every day in order to be a healthy person. But I think what makes a person healthy is saying, okay, what do I need right now? Mm -hmm. Okay. This is really overwhelming me. Let me just take a minute, step away from my computer, maybe sit down somewhere else, take some deep breaths. I love that. Come back into my body and forgive myself for like not doing the things that I thought I was going to do today and reduce that cortisol. That's maybe more important than any of the other things you thought you were going to, you were supposed to do that day. Yeah. Because you can bring bad habits or bad behavior or negative thinking to any activity in life. Yeah. I don't like obsession. Like I, I don't like when I see obsessive practices, even if they're quote unquote good. Mm-hmm. I, I think that in itself creates a, um, you know, it, it creates a, an area for a future problem. It's so, so true. So true. I'm, some of this is coming up for me because I didn't drink very much water today. And I was like, <laughs> ah, I had this goal. I was, I was going to drink all this water, but I, I don't naturally drink a lot of water. I have to it's hard. Remind myself, Andy will like literally come into my office, put a tall glass of water in front of me, scowl at me a little bit, and then be like, drink it. And then I'll be like, okay. And then I'll just stand there watching me drink it. Well done, Andy. <laughs> well done. Well played. <laughs> well, as you drank your lovely clover tea, I wish you a wonderful spring season. And hopefully those, you can enjoy some of those strawberries in your lunch this week. (laughs) Yes. I, I'm very, I'm very excited about planting things in my garden. I had this vision of doing everything perfectly. Like I had a list of all of the pollinator plants that I wanted to get and I researched them and I had this whole idea in my head of like how I wanted the color scheme and even found a landscaper that I wanted to help me with it. And you know what? Like the landscaper didn't work out and none of my plans worked out. I'm like, you know what? This garden is supposed to be put together haphazardly and it will grow (laughs) into a beautiful mess. And I'm fine with it because that's nature. That's a beautiful mess. You can be a beautiful mess. I can be a beautiful mess. It's fine. It's all good. Yes beautiful mess i'm here for it all right (laughs) thank you for the convo you are so welcome love you